You're tuning in and turning on to the Inside Game with Mitch Newman. A chance to dig in and dig deep and how to move from all or nothing results, even sporadic results, to sustainable lifetime results in every aspect of your personal and professional life. Truth be told, none of us escape stuff. And what would it be like to effectively weather any season or storm that comes your way with determination, dignity, with grace, and gratitude? Knowing the truth of who you are will always carry you well across the finish line. So if you're ready to match your insides with your outsides, let's jump in. You know, I think I was, I don't know, maybe 12, maybe 13. Uh, You know, I am around that age. And I remember being at a family function. I feel like it was at my aunt and uncle's house. And my grandfather pulled me aside. We sat down and he said to me, You're the one. You're the one. Your cousins, they're not going to amount to much. I'm just telling you, they're not going to amount to much. You're the one. It was almost like he was passing the baton to me. What do you know at 12 or 13? Maybe I was 11. I don't even know. But I remember it like it was yesterday. But I have no proof other than the experience that I've had, that it actually happened. I've questioned it over the years. Always questioning. Remember when I was in school, going through my master's program in spiritual psychology, and I was doing a kind of a family, understanding my family dynamics, the transgenerational patterning that exists in all families. And I remember that story. And I remember going to my mom, I said, Mom, do you ever remember me telling you this story that Pop shared, that Pop said to me that I'm the one? No. I asked my dad. No recollection. So I always wondered, did it happen? Did it not happen? But somehow I was the one. Years later, my wife and I went to a reading with a psychic medium. And I remember that whole week I was feeling the energy of my grandfather, just feeling him around me at all times, so much so that I pulled one of his shot glasses that I have, that I've kept all these years, pulled it out, and I did a shot. And I remember that week, knowing that we were going to to, to listen to this person, knowing that there's an off chance that maybe they'll get something, they'll feel something, and they'll this person will come to myself, to my wife, some kind of a reading, no guarantee. But I remember saying it that week. I remember saying, I remember driving there, and I remember saying, Pop, I've been feeling you all week. I've been feeling you around me all week. Did it, did it happen? Was it, was it true? Am I the one? If you're around, if you're there, I need to know. So we go to this reading. The stuff that's coming forward, the the pulls that this guy is getting as he gets to this person, to that person. 
is unbelievable. It's all just the room is electric. And I remember looking at my watch because I knew it was over. Or I think it was over supposed to be over at 930. I remember looking at my watch and it was like 20 after nine. And I remember I turned to my wife and I said, well, I guess he's not getting anything from us. And as soon as I said that, he looked over at, at my wife and he goes, and I'm coming over to you too. Hair in the back of my neck went up. Thought, looked quizzically for a second at both of us, kind of looked down, kind of motioned his hand down really low in his body. And he said, colon cancer? My pop died of colon cancer. And I said, yes. He goes, yeah, I'm getting a grandfather energy. He's like your guardian angel. He actually has his hands on your shoulders right now. I'm doing everything and anything I can not to burst into tears then as I am doing everything I can not to burst into tears right now to the point where I'm attempting to laugh it off. But I was so stunned. He kind of put, I remember he put his, his chin in his hand and he kind of looked down deep in thought. And he looked up at me and he just looked me right in the eye and he said to me, you're the one, aren't you? Well, my God, I just about lost it. I was the one. And I realized in that moment that he was around me, that he saw me, that he felt me. And I denied for many years on a certain level of wanting to be the one because what it meant was is that others in my family were not. But my cousins both passed young, way before their time or in their time, but chronologically before their time. And so my pursuit was to be the one, to be the one that, that, that made a difference in my family, that made, made a difference in other people's lives. And so I spent years working on myself, went back with my wife into a master's program in spiritual psychology, a two-year program of working on myself, of learning how to heal, of learning how to grow, of learning how to let go. And a lot of that letting go and a lot of that healing was around my father. And at the time, early on in my life, I had a lot of stuff on my father. I knew he loved me. I knew he was there for me. I knew I could count on him. I, he'd give you, give you the shirt off his back in the dead of winter, whether you were his son or a complete stranger. I knew he was a good guy. But for whatever reason, I was so angry, so angry that, that he wasn't the father that I wanted him to be. He wasn't the father that I could go to and ask for counsel and advice. He either deferred and, and told me to ask my mother 
or he would listen and say, do what you got to do, son, or play it by ear. But there was never any, okay, here's what you got to do. And so for most of my 20s, denying that I was the one, not a clue how I could possibly be the one, because I didn't get what I received and thought my other friends got from their fathers. But somehow the challenges that I was experiencing in my life around relationships, around business, was because I didn't get that level of nurturing. That I didn't have somebody there to say, this is what you got to do, or you need to do this. And it wasn't until I went back to school. It wasn't until I was able to forgive my father, forgive my mother, forgive myself. For all the judgments that I held against them and against me. To be able to get to a place of taking ownership, of taking responsibility, of, of, of commanding my life. Instead of waiting for others to acknowledge me, to show me the way. For me to step into that role for myself. To me to parent me. To understand that my father, my mother, may they rest in peace, did the best they could do with the skills and the tools that they had, and the understanding that they had, and that it was up to me to take that information and turn it into something bigger, to turn it into something better, to be the one, to be one, to be one with me. And so my focus after getting my master's in spiritual psychology, which is the study and practice of conscious awareness, I decided to become a coach. I decided to work with men on men's stuff. I decided to work with couples. It went through many iterations. And as I grew, it grew. And it was so funny to me because I never never saw myself in this capacity, in this light when I was younger, but I, I had a conversation with a, a friend. We go back to fifth grade together. And I remember him saying to me, you know, you were always the kid who always had the answers. You were the kid who always like thought differently than other people. You were always the kid who always had great advice for people. So perhaps I was the one or a one Simply lost my way. And through the process of healing and growing and nurturing, through the experiences of my life, the ups, the downs, the sideways, the releasing of judgments against others, against myself, the the willingness to take ownership, the willingness to be responsible for me, the willingness to stop blaming other people for the choices that I made. To forgive my father, knowing he did the very best that he could do. And he was a great guy. Fantastic human being. And I misplaced that for a while. So am I the one? 
I'm one of many. I'm no different than you or anyone else. But what I have done is I have dedicated my life to my own growth and healing, to, to taking responsibility for the choices that I've made, to the understanding that, that through the pain and the misunderstandings and misinterpretations and misidentification of circumstances and situations that the cornerstone and the common denominator in anything and everything that's happened in my life has been me. And in the process of forgiving myself, in the process of, of stepping into that place, leading with my heart, willingness to speak my truth, the willingness to, to not lead with sarcasm as a way to keep people off guard, to keep people at bay. To just be me. And in the process of just being me, and being relatable, and being authentic, and being genuine, that's when other people started to experience me and see themselves in me. And through that was my decision to become a coach. Through that was my decision that I was going to dedicate my life to supporting other people in discovering that greatness inside of them, to discover that magic that exists inside of them, because that was my pursuit. And along the way, as I would find it and discover it, I felt within me, I felt more comfortable in sharing and showing other people away. Not the way, away. Not being the one, but being one with me so that I could be one with you, so that I could help you discover that greatness that exists inside of you. That's been my draw to this work. That's the juice that excites me when I get to stand on a stage. That's the juice that excites me when someone reaches out and needs to talk. That's the juice and excitement that, I, that, that takes hold of me when I'm able to support someone in re-remembering who they are because I've done it for myself. Those are the things that excite me. Those are the reasons why I step into my previous podcast, Mondays of Mitch, on conscious leadership, but first learning how to lead yourself to then if you decide to want to lead other people. To moving into this new realm of the inside game and the power of the inside game, which I'll talk about in my next episode, but to really understand that I don't come from this from a place of, well, what do I want to do? I guess I'll be a coach. No, I come from this place because I went and did my work. It's because I get up every day and I do my work. And I'm not afraid to look at the, the different parts of myself to understand more deeply. To be reminded from a friend from 50 years ago who somehow saw me as that person even at that time. Who cared about other people, who thought differently than other people, who had advice and counsel and support for other people. And yes, I had to go through a lot of craziness and toxicity and uncertainty and doubt. It's part of my journey. But my goal and my intention is if I can support somebody in creating a scenario perhaps where they don't necessarily have to put their hand on a hot stove because I've done it a thousand times before them. 
with the understanding that they may indeed need to put their hand on a hot stove. And I may just be on the sidelines with some gauze (laughs) to bandage it up. But to be able to create a sounding board, an opportunity for people to see within themselves something better, to know that when they put their head down on the pillow at night and they know that there's got to be something more, that there in fact is something more, that they are in fact something more already. So if I can be that vehicle, if I can be that support system to wake people up, to re-remind them of who they are, to re-remind them of the greatness that exists inside of them, to re-remind them that they are magic. That's my incentive. That's my excitement. That's my juice. To be able to see that and to never stop doing my own work. To never stop seeking a deeper cut, a deeper understanding, deeper meaning to what all of this means. These are the places that I go to. These are the, the, the trips I take with other people when they need someone to listen. When they need somebody who's willing to put ears on their heart and just listen. Maybe not even say anything except, I hear you. I hear you. Tell me more. To create a space where people can feel safe to to the understanding and to the knowledge that they are no different than I am and I am no different than they are. And that when we start to understand that, when we start to stop seeing what separates us and start seeing and experiencing what makes us the same, what makes us whole, well, and complete unto ourselves and with each other, that that becomes the opportunity, that becomes the environment in which greatness emerges, in which the past gets to dissipate, and and old stories and old beliefs and all of that old self stuff gets to be left in the past because it is, in fact, the past, that we are actually now going to focus on taking the wisdom of all of our experience, not the charge, not the judgment, not the certainty that we're right, that somebody else is wrong. It's like that Rumi quote, out beyond right making and wrong making, there is a field, I'll meet you there. Let us meet each other there. The Inside Game with Mitch Newman is designed for that. To be able to create that space where we can step into the greatness of who we are. To release the judgments and the stories. To decide that it's enough. To decide that what we have is this moment and we're going to take full advantage of this moment. And we're going to be and we're going to do together. I'm excited about this opportunity. I'm excited about this because I realized in the midst of everything I've ever done, there has always been this common denominator. And somebody says, wherever you go, there you are. That's exactly right. 
And it's nice to know that we're all in this together, that we all have the opportunity to lift each other up. So I'm going to interview people who are working their inside game, who understand the value, what it means to release the past, to allow it to be what it's been, to take the wisdom from all of that and leave the rest behind. To create a new story, to create a new path forward, to stop revisiting all of the old stuff, to stop repeating cycles and patterns, to put things in place that allow us the tools that are necessary to keep moving forward, to keep learning, to keep growing, to keep achieving, both on the inside and the outside. So that's my excitement for the inside game with Mitch Newman. And I will be raw and I will be real and I will be honest. I will pull no punches. Because we need that now more than ever. We need that rawness. We need that honesty. We need that truth. So together we can do something better. Together. Let's do it. We'll see you again next time. So if you enjoy this episode and like what you're hearing, I would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast and consider sharing this as well with a friend who may have an interest in fine-tuning their own inside game. Any comments, reviews, suggestions, all are welcomed and appreciated. Tagging me in your stories is also a great way to pass the word and provide me with additional confirmation that the content is landing, at least somewhere. (laughs) And if I'm missing the mark, don't hold back. I want to hear that too. So until next time... Don't hesitate to dig in, go deep, and find your magic.